Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. More than a century after Ernest Rutherford discovered the positively charged particle at the heart of every atom, physicists are still struggling to fully understand the proton. The positively charged particle is at the heart of the atom. It's an object of unspeakable complexity. That's next. Did you ever wonder what a time crystal would sound like if you could hear it? Beep, bop, beep, bop. Or what schools of fish can teach us about where to place wind turbines? How about synthetic biology, rogue waves, or infinity? I'm Steve Strogatz, and this is The Joy of Why, a podcast from Quantum Magazine that invites you to explore some of the biggest unanswered questions in math and science today. New episodes drop every other Thursday, starting February 23rd. High school physics teachers describe protons as featureless balls with one unit each of positive electric charge. They're the perfect foils for the negatively charged electrons that buzz around them. College students learn that the ball is actually a bundle of three elementary particles called quarks. But decades of research have revealed a deeper truth, one that's too bizarre to fully capture with words or images. Mike Williams is a physicist at MIT. Any human language we use in this context is going to be imprecise because this is the most complicated thing that you could possibly imagine. In fact, you can't even imagine how complicated it is. The proton is a quantum mechanical object that exists as a haze of probabilities until an experiment forces it to take a concrete form. And its forms differ drastically depending on how researchers set up their experiment. Connecting the particle's many faces has been the work of generations. Here's Richard Milner, a nuclear physicist at MIT. I think we're kind of just starting to understand this system in a complete way. As the pursuit continues, the proton's secrets keep tumbling out. Most recently, a monumental data analysis published in August of 2022 found that the proton contains traces of particles called charm quarks that are heavier than the proton itself. William says the proton has been humbling to humans. Every time you think you kind of have a handle on it, it throws you some curveballs. The more you look at it, the more complicated it appears. But at the end of the day, it's fascinating, not only because it's just a great puzzle, but this is what nuclei are made of, right? This is what's inside of us everywhere. Recently, Milner worked with filmmakers at MIT to transform a set of arcane plots into a series of animations of the shape-shifting proton. Here's Milner. We were actually motivated by Hubble. You've seen the Hubble areas of the large-scale universe. And, you know, they always are very clear, and they say it's half art and it's half science. So they take the black and white images, and then they colorize them. It's gorgeous. Eye candy. We realized that a proton, everything's moving. Because of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, in the subatomic scale, everything is moving. And of course, things are being created, annihilated, they have spin, they're traveling at enormous speeds. So it was obvious we need to animate. You can see some of the group's animations of the proton on the Quantum Magazine website. 
Proof that the proton contains multitudes came from the Stanford Linear Accelerator Center, or SLAC, in 1967. In earlier experiments, researchers had pelted it with electrons and watched them ricochet off like billiard balls. But SLAC could hurl electrons more forcefully, and researchers saw that they bounced back differently. The electrons were hitting the proton hard enough to shatter it, a process called deep inelastic scattering, and were rebounding from point-like shards of the proton called quarks. So Chao Zheng is a physicist at the University of Virginia. That is the first evidence that quarks actually exist. After Slack's discovery, which won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1990, scrutiny of the proton intensified. Physicists have carried out hundreds of scattering experiments to date. They infer various aspects of the object's interior by adjusting how forcefully they bombard it and by choosing which scattered particles they collect in the aftermath. By using higher-energy electrons, physicists can ferret out finer features of the target proton. In this way, the electron energy sets the maximum resolving power of a deep inelastic scattering experiment. More powerful particle colliders offer a sharper view of the proton. Higher energy colliders also produce a wider array of collision outcomes, letting researchers choose different subsets of the outgoing electrons to analyze. This flexibility has proved key to understanding quarks, which careen about inside the proton with different amounts of momentum. By measuring the energy and trajectory of each scattered electron, researchers can tell if it has glanced off a quark carrying a large chunk of the proton's total momentum or just a smidgen. Through repeated collisions, they can take something like a census, determining whether the proton's momentum is mostly bound up in a few quarks or distributed over many. Even SLAC's proton-splitting collisions were gentle by today's standards. In those scattering events, electrons often shot out in ways suggesting that they had crashed into quarks carrying a third of the proton's total momentum. The finding matched a theory from Murray Gell-Mann and George Zweig, who in 1964 posited that a proton consists of three quarks. Gell-Mann and Zweig's quark model remains an elegant way to imagine the proton. It has two up quarks with electric charges of plus two-thirds each and one down quark with a charge of negative one-third for a total proton charge of plus one. But the quark model is an oversimplification that has serious shortcomings. For instance, it fails when it comes to a proton spin, a quantum property similar to angular momentum. The proton has half a unit of spin, as do each of its up and down quarks. Physicists initially supposed that, in a calculation echoing the simple charge arithmetic, the half units of the two up quarks minus that of the down quark must equal half a unit for the proton as a whole. But in 1988, the European-Muon collaboration reported that the quark spins add up to far less than one half. Similarly, the masses of two up quarks and one down quark only comprise about 1% of the proton's total mass. These deficits drove home a point physicists were already coming to appreciate. The proton is much more than three quarks. 
The Hadron Electron Ring Accelerator, or HERA, operated in Hamburg, Germany from 1992 to 2007. It slammed electrons into protons roughly a thousand times more forcefully than slack had. In HERA experiments, physicists could select electrons that had bounced off of extremely low-momentum quarks, including ones carrying as little as 0.005% of the proton's total momentum. And detect them they did. HERA's electrons rebounded from a jumble of low-momentum quarks and their antimatter counterparts, antiquarks. The results confirmed a sophisticated and outlandish theory that had by then replaced Gell-Mann and Zweig's quark model. Developed in the 1970s, it was a quantum theory of the strong force that acts between quarks. The theory describes quarks as being roped together by force-carrying particles called gluons. Each quark and each gluon has one of three types of color charge, labeled red green, and blue. These color-charged particles naturally tug on each other and form a group, such as a proton, whose colors add up to a neutral white. The colorful theory became known as quantum chromodynamics, or QCD. According to QCD, gluons can pick up momentary spikes of energy. With this energy, a gluon splits into a quark and an antiquark, each carrying just a tiny bit of momentum before the pair annihilates and disappears. It's this sea of transient gluons, quarks, and antiquarks that Hera, with its greater sensitivity to lower momentum particles, detected firsthand. Hera also picked up hints of what the proton would look like in more powerful colliders. As physicists adjusted Hera to look for lower-momentum quarks, these quarks, which come from gluons, showed up in greater and greater numbers. The results suggested that in even higher-energy collisions, the proton would appear as a cloud made up almost entirely of gluons. The gluon dandelion is exactly what QCD predicts. Milner says the HERA data are direct experimental proof that QCD describes nature. But the Young theory's victory came with a bitter pill. While QCD beautifully described the dance of short-lived quarks and gluons revealed by HERA's extreme collisions, the theory is useless for understanding the three long-lasting quarks seen in Slack's gentle bombardment. QCD's predictions are easy to understand only when the strong force is relatively weak, and the strong force weakens only when quarks are extremely close together, as they are in short-lived quark-antiquark pairs. Frank Wilczek, David Gross, and David Pollitzer identified this defining feature of QCD in 1973, winning the Nobel Prize for it 31 years later. But for gentler collisions like slacks, where the proton acts like three quarks that mutually keep their distance, these quarks pull on each other strongly enough that QCD calculations become impossible. So the task of further demystifying the three-quark view of the proton has fallen largely to experimentalists. Researchers who run digital experiments in which QCD predictions are simulated on supercomputers have also made key contributions. It's in this low-resolution picture that physicists keep finding surprises.
Recently, a team led by Juan Rojo of the National Institute for Subatomic Physics in the Netherlands and VU University Amsterdam analyzed more than 5,000 proton snapshots taken over the last 50 years. They used machine learning to infer the motions of quarks and gluons inside the proton in a way that sidesteps theoretical guesswork. The new scrutiny picked up a background blur in the images that had escaped past researchers in relatively soft collisions just barely breaking the proton open. Most of the momentum was locked up in the usual three quarks, two ups and a down. But a small amount of momentum appeared to come from a charm quark and charm antiquark. These are colossal elementary particles that each outweigh the entire proton by more than one-third. Short-lived charms frequently show up in the quark-C view of the proton. Remember that gluons can split into any of six different quark types if they have enough energy. But the results from Rojo and colleagues suggest that the charms have a more permanent presence, making them detectable in gentler collisions. In these collisions, the proton appears as a quantum mixture, or superposition, of multiple states. An electron usually encounters the three lightweight quarks, but it will occasionally encounter a rarer molecule of five quarks, such as an up, down, and charm quark, grouped on one side, and an up quark and charm antiquark on the other. Such subtle details about the proton's makeup could prove consequential. At the Large Hadron Collider, physicists searched for new elementary particles by bashing high-speed protons together and seeing what pops out. Here's physicist Mike Williams again. The LHC are colliding protons, and it affects the probability of various processes happening, what the proton is is actually made of. And in some of those cases, you're not actually interested in what the proton's made of. You're maybe looking for some new physics or something else. But you still need to know what the proton is made up to interpret what you're seeing. The occasional apparition of giant charm quarks would throw off the odds of making more exotic particles. And researchers calculated in 2021 that when protons called cosmic rays hurtle here from outer space and slam into protons in Earth's atmosphere, charm quarks popping up at the right moments would shower Earth with extra energetic neutrinos. These could confuse observers searching for high-energy neutrinos coming from across the cosmos. Rojo's collaboration plans to continue exploring the proton by searching for an imbalance between charm quarks and antiquarks, and heavier constituents, such as the top quark, could make even rarer and harder-to-detect appearances. Next-generation experiments will seek still more unknown features, Physicists at Brookhaven National Laboratory hope to fire up the electron-ion collider in the 2030s and pick up where Hera left off. They want to take higher-resolution snapshots that will enable the first 3D reconstructions of the proton. The electron-ion collider will also use spinning electrons to create detailed maps of the spins of the internal quarks and gluons. This should help researchers to finally pin down the origin of the proton spin and to address other fundamental questions about the baffling particle that makes up most of our everyday world.
Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Charlie Wood's full article, Inside the Proton, the most complicated thing you could possibly imagine, on our website, quantummagazine.org. And that's where you can also check out some cool graphics detailing the proton. Explore math mysteries in the Quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quanta Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. Mm-hmm.